Ask yourself the question, am I living my life? Your true life, your actual life. Let me just cut to the chase and tell you that until recently, I know that I have largely, if not predominantly, been living not my life, okay? I have not been living the life that was designed for me. Hi, my name is Beth Stanfield. I'm a lawyer, entrepreneur, dance fitness instructor, speaker, and writer. But of all the things I have been and am becoming, the most sacred to me is that I am free. So welcome to the Beth Stanfield Free Podcast, aka BS Free. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Beth Stanfield Free Podcast. It is a good day to be your own boss. That is my energy for today, this beautiful day of December. It is also an extraordinary thing to be alive in the time of Beyonce. So in case you missed it, her new song, My House, dropped this week, and it is insane. Go listen. It basically says everything that needed to be said in 2023 in case there was anything left over, and then it's going to take us right into 2024. So I could just end this podcast with that and just say, go listen to my house. But we're not going to do that because I've got a lot more for you today. In this second installment of the series, I'm just trying to get out of my head and get into my life. And this one's super special. What I want to talk about today is what it means to actually get into your life. And I know you've heard me say this before. What the heck do I actually mean by getting into your life? Uh, Is there any other life that is available? Pretty sure that I just woke up today being me and I'm going to go to bed being me. But really, are you so sure? Are you really positive that you are living your life? Yes, you wake up as you. But as you move through your day, as you make your decisions, as you do this day on day, year after year, decade on decade... Are you sure that you are living your life, the one that not only makes up your truest desires, your truest calling, your truest potential, but your own choices, unique to you, designed by you, desired by you? Think about it, not only what it looks like now, but also what it has looked like over the course of your adult life. Were the jobs that you did, the career that you chose, the work that you've pursued, the relationships that you've pursued, the places you've decided to visit, the way you make your decisions, the way you cultivate your environment, the thoughts that you choose, the things that you dwell on, the things that you read, the things that you absorb in terms of entertainment. Are these a reflection of you? Are these a reflection of your choices? Are these things a reflection of your desires? Are they a reflection of what you are capable of? Are they a reflection of your potential? If you think about all of it sort of together in one sort of snapshot, ask yourself the question, am I living my life, your true life, your actual life? Let me just cut to the chase and tell you that until recently, I know that I have largely, if not predominantly, been living not my life, okay? I have not been living the life that was designed for me. I was living a life that I didn't question. 
I never even thought to ask the question, what a ridiculous thing to do, to even think that you would not be living your actual life. Hello, this is my actual life. No one ever asked me. I never asked me. Who asks that question? Because we have jobs. We have bills. We have people to take care of. We have all these obligations that we are trying to juggle at all times. And if we have any space left in the day for anything enjoyable, then sure, that like 30 minutes is great. (laughs) But I wouldn't call my life that 30 minutes. I mean, how dare you ask the question about whether or not I'm living my actual life? Of course I am. There, there's no other option for me. Here's a couple things I know now, all right? The first is that if you are living in your head, you're not living your actual life. You can take that one to the bank. The second corollary to that is that when you start getting out of your head, that's when you start to realize that you're not living your actual life, all right? So I'm going to tell you how I started reconnecting with who I really am and how this process of getting out of my head really started. And that is dance. I started to get out of my head when I started to invest in something that I dearly, dearly love, and it's dance. So here's a quickie version of my dance experience. If you could see me, I'd be making air quotes. Um, I'm not a trained dancer. I started dancing when I was really little, probably five, maybe even younger, and it was classical ballet. And then I had to make a choice between ballet or gymnastics, and I chose gymnastics because I really thought that flipping around was very cool and cooler than dance. I was wrong um, because you can only flip your body around for so many years, but dance never dies. So when I aged out of gymnastics at 16, as you do, I turned back to dance. And this is in the era of Janet Jackson, Michael, Mariah, all the good 90s hip hop. That was my jam. Still is my jam. And then I just dedicated myself to, you know, choreography, dance, and then ultimately in high school was part of the dance team. They called it the drill team back then because they wanted to make it sound more legit. Actually, what it what it really was, was an attempt to get women to move more militaristically than the way their bodies were designed to move. And I, I truly believe that that is why the higher ups were more comfortable calling it drill team than they were calling it dance team. <laughs> I ended up being the captain of the drill team. And then I graduated high school and that was the end of my quote unquote dance career. But of course, everybody knows that dance doesn't have any place in a professional's life. No performance, no, you know, hip hop. We don't do that as attorneys. We don't do that as professionals. We don't even do that as students. So between um, graduating high school, going to college, law school, a career, kids, babies, it really wasn't until recently that I truly reconnected with my love of dance. But that is my number one recommendation for getting out of your head. And stay tuned, we will be talking about dance in another podcast dedicated solely to why dance is so powerful and such a catalyst for transformation. So just put a little footnote, a little pin in that for later. For purposes of this discussion, however, my point is this. Dance was the thing that was so true to me and so intrinsic to the way that I am built, wired, energized, 
that when I reconnected with dance, it opened up this place in my soul. It opened up this cavern into my insides, into the truest and the deepest things in me and allowed me to rediscover who I actually am. So it wasn't just dance, wasn't the concept of dance or movement. It was like a spotlight or the opening of a window into the deepest parts of me that were buried, I think, beneath so many layers of obligation, requirement, expectation, and control. And so what I want to talk about is not necessarily the catalyst itself, because it is going to be different from each of us. Again, I will say, I think dance is uniquely powerful in its ability to connect us with who we really are. But whatever the catalyst is that opens you up to who you really are, it will start to tell you other things about what you've buried and pushed to the side and told yourself are no longer for you or were never for you, or you've just simply said it's impossible. So I want to take us through a bit of a thought experiment, and I want you to bear with me as I go through this and just think about how this could play out as you think through your life. The reality is going to be the same for many of you that listen to this. All right? So we're going to start with a five-year-old. She's five years old, and she's in the living room with her friends, and they're dancing to their favorite hip-hop song. They're moving just the way that they were created to move. They're laughing. They're completely carefree. They're thinking about nothing other than the joy that they're having dancing. Someone walks in, an adult, somebody from the church probably, and that person says, Oh my God, girls like you are not supposed to move their body like that. Stop it. And she stops, and she never moves her body like that again. And just like that, 10% of who she is is gone. She now only has 90% of her trueness left. She's eight years old, and she's at a friend's birthday party. Everybody's trying to learn the rules to a game, and they're struggling. So she takes the lead and begins to explain it. The mom of one of the girls is not happy. She's too bossy, she's too assertive, she's too much, she's too loud. And this isn't the first time she's been told by an adult that she's too much. She should keep her mouth shut, and so she does. And another 10% of who she really is, is gone. She's 10 years old, and her vivaciousness, her laugh, her joy, her assertiveness, her power, they're still there a little bit. But she is repeatedly told to stay humble, to be seen and not heard, to serve, but don't seek the limelight. Never, never seek to be seen. And so she commits herself to invisibility and another 10% of her is gone. She's 13 and she still loves picking out her own clothes. She loves to go into her mom's closet and find something that her mom hasn't used in a long time and change it up. She finds an old skirt and some high leather boots. She cuts the skirt, so cute. She wears it out. That was the first time and the last. She should never wear it again because girls like her should never show that much skin. And it's ruined it for her. Not only does she think about everything that she's wearing, but everything that she's showing and the skin that should and should not be seen. And all of it is consumed in her mind 
another 10% is gone. She's 17 years old and her favorite class at school is creative writing. She adores her teacher and loves the work. She couldn't think of a better way to live her life than to construct worlds of magic and enchantment for other people to live in. But when she says this out loud, she's corrected. There's really no way to make a living as a writer. Most of them are poor and broke. Few make it. It's just like the other dream of wanting to be a performer and a singer. Don't do that. You're too smart for that. Don't waste your potential on something as frivolous as writing or performing. Don't you want a predictable paycheck? Or do you just want attention? Don't you want job security? Yeah, I guess I do, she says. And just like that, the singer, the performer, the creator, the artist, the writer, the author are gone. Another 20% of her trueness fall away. She's 19 years old and it's time to pick a major. Journalism, maybe? She still loves writing. No, ever since she was, I don't know, eight years old, people have been telling her she should be an attorney. She should be an attorney. How many times has she heard that? I guess it means that's what she's supposed to do. I guess that means that's her major. I guess that means that's her career. I guess that means all those voices over the years made the decision for her. I guess that means another 20% of who she really is was decided by all of those well-wishers and supporters over the years. But in any event, that's another 20% of her trueness that falls away. She's 25 and she's graduated from law school, passed the bar, and she's now applying for new jobs. And as she's been told throughout her educational career, this first job is what really matters. And so she has to put everything into this. She has to make sure that not only does she nail the interview, but that she shows the person who is doing the choosing that she is enough, that she is pretty enough for the job, but not too pretty to be distracting or threatening, that she is assertive enough, but not bossy or too talkative. She has to show the chooser that she is knowledgeable enough, but not a know-it-all. She has to laugh at the jokes and dress appropriately and adjust her life to the work hard, play hard mentality that shows that she's got what it takes and in all of this curation, all of this making herself enough, she has released, relinquished another 30% of her trueness. And she's only 25, and yet she's done all the right things. She played by all the rules. She followed the job description. She bent and she scraped and she shifted and she molded herself to be what she was required to be. And she's living it fully, isn't she? A raving success. An A++ pleaser. Have you been doing the math, my loves? This woman is 25, and she is living only 10% of her actual life. 10% of her truest life. The person that she truly is who she was created to be, a reflection of her truest desires, creative ability, potential. And she has taken this for a full life. She's taken this 10% existence as if it is 100% of her. And it's not. 
It's just not. And she doesn't know it. That's the tragedy. The tragedy is not only that she is only living 10% of her actual life. The tragedy is that she does not know it. She needs to wake up. And if she is listening right now, and she is you, then it is time for you to wake up. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can and you will. But before you can get out of your head and into your life, you have to want your actual life. Do you hear me? Unless you're okay with the status quo, unless you're okay with living the rest of your life out of your 10%, maybe for some of you, it's even less than that. Imagine what it's like to get into your 40s or your 50s or your 80s or whatever and have that oh shit moment when you realize I'm not even living my real life. So if this is you, I'm calling you out right now. And I'm going to do so by reading you a piece that I wrote last month called The Work of You. Do not go anywhere. You will want to hear this. Here it is. It would be one of the greatest human tragedies to live most of your life as someone else. A life constructed by external expectations, requirements, programming, rules, blueprints, designed by someone or something outside of you. Oh, but you've done a good job living that life programmed for you. From birth to adulthood, the outside norms, beliefs, prejudices, and needs hovered over you, and you took them, internalizing them into your body and mind like they were immutable laws of nature. You ingested the daily poison pill, and eventually your systems, the ones that make you you, began to quietly shut down. Your imagination, your creativity, your sense of wonder, your internal music. And then your soul stopped singing. Now it just hums like a machine, like the secondhand refrigerator where they keep the leftovers plugged in and parked in the garage. You are avatar you. You are you adjacent. You are hand-me-down you. You are a you marionette. And yet, I can still see you in there. I can see the tiny glow of light made up of all the particles that are purely you. I can still hear echoes of your soul song. And so I call to the you that is you. I call you up. I call you out. You will have to break the rules to get out. You will have to move straight through the barriers. You will have to erase the coding, a complete system reset. Both the good and the bad must go for you to rebuild from scratch. You will have to sit with yourself for long periods of time. It will feel like agony before it becomes bearable, before it becomes bliss. You will have to disappoint and confuse people some people you really love, some people you believe have power over you. You will be scared shitless. You will say, what if I lose everything? And I won't sugarcoat it. You will, almost. You will lose everything that is not you. It will feel incredibly destabilizing. 
It will feel like someone took all the bones out of your body. You will feel like you are now a giant bag of emotion. Your brain won't work. All the passwords have been reset. You will have to let yourself cry. You will need to move your body. You will need to dance your imagination back to life. You will need to belly laugh your creativity awake. You will need to sing yourself back into wander. You will need to create new neural pathways through feeling, not doing. Knowing, not having the right belief. Creating, not downloading. Deciding, not obeying. Expanding, not shrinking. Living messy, not tidying yourself up. Becoming completely undone to simply become. And as you do this, you will start to find that you really didn't break any rules. You will find they were never real to begin with. You will find that some of your programming wasn't bad. It just wasn't for you. You will find that by disappointing, confusing, and angering people, you called them up too. You called them out you will start to notice that the tiny glow of light begins to travel into your dormant systems, anointing them, kissing them awake, creating a combustible flow of energy that is closer to heaven than it is to earth. And as you step with greater strength into your fire and light, you will find that much of your conditioning was rotten to the core and you will burn it to the ground. For a nanosecond, You will be tempted to regret the days you lived as someone else, but no, you will not waste one more second of one more day of the rest of your life living in a shadow world. You now understand that to exist in authenticity requires you to learn from the past, but live in the present. That's because authenticity is not a life choice. It is a life work and you will have to do the work right in this second, in this day, in this whole life. That is, if you want to live the rest of your life as you. All right, loves, that concludes this episode. I hope that you will join me for the rest of the I'm Just Trying to Get Out of My Head and Into My Life series. And as you know, what we're talking about is not only getting out of your head, but getting into your actual real 100% life. So if you'll do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, follow me on Instagram at Beth A. Stanfield and at BS Free Podcast. That would make my day. Thanks so much. I'll see you on the next episode.